joined by Buffalo River. 250 metres to go. It's last man standing. Two links to Ayrton V8. And Mr. Brightside is coming on now. Buffalo River at the 150. Pride of Jenny won't give in. And now Mr. Brightside is sprouting wings. Here he comes, Mr. Brightside over the top. He got up. He got up. All right, Mr. Brightside gets it done again. Uh, CF4 stakes last weekend. Very impressive stuff. It was a bit tough for some favourite backers, but Mr. Brightside just gets there. Pride of Jenny, huge run. Uh, likely be seeing another Group 1 win, I reckon, sometime this prep. And Buffalo River, a lot of people were spruiking this for at least a place to, uh, to be up there and did that. $61 chance, I think it was about $10 or more for a place held on uh, and was pretty good in the end, to be honest, sitting there for third. Pericles, I thought, a bit, uh, bit underwhelming, I thought, but uh, look, the other ones down in Melbourne, Yas Furas, I know a lot of people that had that going for an absolute fortune. Bold Bastille, there was quite a few of them, so... Tough going there, but uh, we go back. We've got Group 1 racing again down in Victoria. We've got the Lightning Stakes where some of the big wigs are going around. Obviously, Imperatory is going around. Pretty short odds, ninety. it is uh, for her. We've got Private Eye there, Bella Nipatina. I am unstoppable. Look, relatively small race to over the 1,000 metres, but... Uh, Plenty of class there as well. Group racing in Sydney as well. We've got Group 2 and 3 racing uh, there as well. You've got the things like the Light Fingers, the Apollo and whatnot. They'll be there as well. So Tom is still overseas over in America. I think he's LA heading to Hawaii soon. He's having an absolute ball. He got himself into the Super Bowl, Super Bowl the prick somehow. Don't know how he got in there, but uh, half his luck. Uh, but it is going to be Kohai and myself. We're going to go over Sydney as we do. We'll probably touch on a couple of the races, or especially the Lightning uh, down in Melbourne as well. But uh, as we know, Sydney is our forte, so we'll be focusing on that. Uh, if you're new, if you're old, make sure you jump into Facebook, follow the group. We always get involved there, especially on the Metro days, uh, giving tips and stuff. And did okay last week, um, but uh, look, it's the exciting time, so... If you like the podcast, rate, review it, Spotify, Apple, that always does us lots of favours as well. Follow all the socials and whatnot. But uh, Kohai, what do we think, mate? I'm just going to touch. I know we're New South Wales lads, but what do you make of this light? Uh, the lightning down south, it's um, Imperatries. Would you be jumping into the dollar ninety? Yeah, Tunners, uh, everyone listening, um, Imperatries. We saw what she did, you know, on our shores last preparation in spring. As for this preparation, I know there's been a bit of a mi- microscope, yeah, on her, especially after that l- most recent barrier trial, where I don't know how to, you know, once again, it's just a barrier trial, and people saying it was underwhelming, and that's definitely what it looked like to the eye, but when, who was on it? Was it Mike Zara? No, it wasn't Zara. It was one of the Victorian hoops, anyway, senior rider, hopped off. They thought everything was, you know, went to, accordingly and to plan, so... I think it's a little bit of hearsay. I think we do overread into trials and everything else. So if you like Imperatries, a dollar ninety for what she did in the springs probably the right price point. She won what three Group Ones and a Group Two or something like that in the last preparation, and she was pretty much touted the best sprinter. Well, yeah, she was the best sprinter in Australasia last spring for what she achieved. I mean, yes, think about it. I wish I win. The, the likes that, you know, were in the Everest were amongst the top five as well. But I think on ratings and how she did it and how she won, I think she was just crowned on top. And I remember talking to the bookies leading into the Everest and 
Tiakao and Jamie Richards, oh, sorry, not the, the Jamie Richards, uh, Mark Walker, saying um, they're not going to opt for the uh, Everest, but if she was to enter the Everest, the bookies were happy to put her in as like a 250 pop. So, yeah, no, that, that speaks volumes in my eyes. Uh, as for this race on Saturday, I think she is the rightful favourite. A dollar ninety, on the other hand, is I don't know. Like I, I just don't like taking the shorts. It's and I know pretty, that it's, it's been pretty yeah. solid, right? Dollar eighty open out to a dollar ninety five. I think you can get two bucks somewhere, but it's sitting pretty strong at that dollar ninety. But just whether you the, want the, to be diving into it. Like I, I tell you what, if, I know Buenos Notches. We'll touch on uh, him later, but if he was, you know, he's resuming this weekend as well. If he were to go down to Victoria, yeah, Flemington, and run down Australia, you know what? That that would be competitive, I think. You know, like, I know she's, you know, or he's kind of got his preparation. I think his eyes set on everything up here in the spring and, oh, sorry, the autumn, and grand final is going to be the TJ and this and the other. So, you know, like the creme de la creme of sprint races. But if she was, or he was to be running on Saturday against Imperatrice, I know a thousand's probably on the shorter side. If she was in the race, nominated, accepted, all the above, I'd be curious how the market would have leveled out. Because at the moment, I don't, I don't even know who the second elect is, right? So we got is private it Private Eye? Private Eye yeah, is private, yeah. A couple of bucks for Bella Nipatina, so nine's in a seven. We've got I'm Unstoppable, Cylinder at 11, Espiona's Friendless, Drifting, and then Ruffy's Astrologist and Rich Fortune. But just before we hit record, I mentioned I'm Unstoppable too, and I think you said a perennial place getter there, but the places it was running was pretty good. I think it's run second, 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 third. So second in the Coolmore to Osmosis, second in the Dane Hill to Stretton Angel, second in something else, some 1100 race, Archo Nacho. I don't know, like, I heard the train arc, what's her name again? Uh, For which horse? But I'm in Sobol, uh, Yeoman's. Oh, Kent. Leo yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, she yeah. was pretty confident. So, I don't know. But obviously, this horse is an absolute star in Paratrees. But ninety, and then Private Eye, fives, I don't know. I, I think I think the biggest uh, biggest upside from Paratrees is the fact that it's over the 1,000. I think that's probably what I'd be saying right now. I know Private Eye has been great over the, the short course as well, but it, he's going to be first up. Running a sharp thousand, a quick thousand, right down the straight as well. Where you know the likes of Bella Nipotina probably needs the run under the belt. I mean, a lot of these horses have great first up records, but I just think that the thousands are really unique, unique race. Privatized eight from four, Imperatrice is five from six. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I'm. Good. Everyone's got runs on the board when it comes to first up, but like you look at Private Eye, for example, I don't think it's ever won over the thousand meters. Um, yeah, the right. class, the class is not an issue. The barrier is never going to be an issue because it's going to be coming down the straight. It's about position and run, really. Uh, and if I recall, Blake, Blake Shin's on board as well. So you know, a lot of upside in backing someone like Private Eye. But I just think that the thousand is just a little bit too sharp for it. So if I were to say, you know, Imperatrice v Private Eye, I know that Imperatrice is a better sprinter. Sprinter. I know that Private Eye. Represented um, proven thoroughbreds and the, their connections in the Everest, and you know we could almost say that's the pinnacle of racing. But I just think that the thousand is just too short for it. Twelve hundred and above, it's perfect for Private Eye. 
It can have three runs over 1,200. It doesn't have to spit, uh, step over any further in distance, and it can just run back-to-back 1,200s, and I reckon he, he could genuinely win two out of three in the same company. Yeah. I remember but, I remember, remember last year in the – what was it? The champion sprint. I think you and I both – Tipped our hat to in secret, which I think what real well back to three fifty, and we were a bit iffy. Imperatory's running up the straight; it's been running around the valley. Pulled our pants down, absolutely one with a leg in the air. Buenos Noches was actually huge in that race, from memory. That's right, and Buenos was huge in that race. In in the grand scheme of things, I think this it's not a bad field. It's small, which is a bit of a shame. But like Cylinder is probably the one that I think is over, despite the drift. I think. The fact that it's 11 bucks now, first up record's tip-top, Damien Lane on board, I think it's it's definitely more suited over the 1,000 than a lot of its competitors. I think Espiona needs further, and obviously the, the drift is, you know, pretty severe. And the only other one I can really make comment of up the straight or in Flemington in general is probably the astrologist, but it's friendless, it's 34 bucks. I can't take it. I, I guess in... True definition of, I guess, ruling, you know, you're just ticking the boxes. I think Imperature is just is the definitive winner. Yeah, I, can't I just don't know. You can't really look past it and you just go, oh, I'd love to bet around it, but how do I bet around it when, you know, it's got all the credentials, you know, like. I think yeah. a, lot of pe- a lot of people say that, that, oh, I don't want to take the $2, but I mean, if you think it's going to win, you either take it or you just don't bet the race. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to, just because it's two bucks doesn't mean you have to avoid it and back something else. If you think the horse is going to win, which um, I just think think she does. I think she's just a fucking star. So anyway, it's going to be a bit of a cracker race. A bit upsetting that it's only eight horses, but whatever. Um, well, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know what, like if you like her, I think it's definitely something that you'd stick in your multi, right? Like I don't think we're big enough punters ourselves to be, Locking up, you know, four K on the nose, yeah. that kind of thing, right? But three and a half, maybe. Oh yeah, three and a half, maybe. But you know, the odd occasions. Uh, this is a first up run, so I mean, we're we'll wanting to wait and see. But I guess the bigger question moving forward is: she's a dollar ninety this start, right? Yeah, what's she next if she wins? What's well? she next? Yeah, if she brains them, she wins by two and a half, three lengths this start. What's she next? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I'd love to know. Like, so is is this going to be? the ceiling of this preparation. I don't know. We don't know. But if she wins like she did in the spring, I'd imagine her next start, I mean, regardless to who she faces, I think it doesn't matter if it's the Sydney siders, I think it's going to be a short price. She's. I think she, the next plan is the William Reed, right? I think. Yep. Then the TJ. So William Reed, she's a dollar ninety with I Wish I Win at 450 and then you get doubles for everyone else. And we, we, them, what does she, what does she start William Reed? And that, that's the thing. Like she's obviously got the runs on the board at Mooney Valley in the William Reed. Like you saw, we, we all saw her win. Was it twice or three times at the Valley last preparation? I can't even remember. But regardless, three. she went three from three, right? And she loves that track. She won off speed on that track, which is really difficult when, it, like, on a short course group one like that. So, yeah, once again, more upside for her to be heading to the William Reed next rather than the straight down at Flemington. So if she brains them here at Flemington, she's going to be – a lot of these horses are going to scratch out of the William Reed because they're going to have to face Imperatrice. So I have to assume it'll be a diminished field. Oh, she could be literally well in the red. She could be $1.50, $1.40. Like, it, it could be something like that. And then TJ is the next, and she's a three fifty chance. 
I think so. TJ TJ will be harder. Obviously, it it'll be the hardest sprinting race of the autumn. Going the other way around, without too. a doubt. Going the other way around, which I'm not really perplexed by. I mean, it's it's at Randwick. You got the whole length of the straight to you know pretty much just do what you can. And she has an excellent turn of foot, so I don't have any problem with her going the wrong foot. The the camp will train her up, and she'll be tipped off for that grand final. But like obviously, you're going to see. I wish I win. Who's quite strong at Randwick. You're going to see, think about it. You're going to see pretty much the top, the creme de la creme of Australian sprinting be at the TJ. And if she win, if Imperatrice wins the first up, second up and grand final th- being third up, it'd be interesting. What <laughs> I wouldn't want to be a bookie. Cause I think you're going to be running in the red yeah. regardless. So <laughs> good luck to the, uh, the, the bookmakers I'd say. You just mentioned a couple of horses there. I put up saying today, and the question was, if you could own one horse for the rest of autumn, just autumn, who is it? And that doesn't mean you just have uh, the $50 million for Storm Boy, so it's just of autumn. And the ones I put up, and you can choose anyone, I had Imperatories, Mr. Brightside, Storm Boy, Think About It, and Fangirl. You could probably chuck in a bunch more. Who would you pick? If you got to have 100% ownership of one horse for just of autumn, who would you have? I mean, obviously, this is off the back of Mr. Brightside winning, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, Mr. Brightside's just going to be. Oh, I love that horse. Well, that's I think we both. The last, last win is included in your prize money, I'll say. Okay. So, if that to be the case, Mr. Brightside has to be one of the horses. I think he's going to have, once again. I think he has to, an, has to be the one, right? Oh. It's him. I mean, Fangirl's a close second. I'll be really, really? honest. I think. Yeah, Fangirl, I think, could absolutely explode from this Saturday. And Stormboy could go three from three. No, I mean, I know that Storm Boy is like the the flavour of the month. You know, all the articles are about him. Yeah. It's got he's already signed up a lucrative, you know, stud deal uh, even before having an autumn preparation. Really, in the grand scheme of things, as much as I'd love to be an owner of Storm Boy, like I think looking at the the races that Fangirl and Mister Brightside are both going to contest. I'd rather be winning them rather than the slipper. Personally, that's just how I see it. It's not really even about prize money overall. I think it's more about the w- winning a Doncaster means to me or, you know, the lead-up runs. I, I think that um, Fangirl could easily go to the Ramford and then the Queen Elizabeth. And she'd be, I'd say, I think she's, from what I've seen anyway, I think she's returned in excellent fashion. I think she will put Dubai on a, uh, you know, like Dubai on is no slouch, obviously, winning the race last year. But I think Fangirl could elevate into that pedigree of uh, racehorse where she could win the biggest prize in or in this Sydney Carnival autumn. And so I think Fangirl's a close second. But after that win, that tough win over 1,400 on Saturday from Mr. Brightside, I love that horse. You love that horse. Many of our listeners love that horse. It's hard to look past. And, yeah, I, I think he's going to have a massive preparation once again. Yep. All right, Ingina Grants. All right, last question before we get into the form. I saw you even tweet something about this too. So Stormboy, uh, Hieronymus, good old jock, doing very well for himself. Now J-Mac gets the ride going forward, or at least for the time being. Uh, what do you think? Is, is it fair enough? I think there was arguments around, oh, it's really stiff to Hippo, but at the same time, if you're a stud farm who's invested a lot of coin, you probably should just get whoever you want, right? You should have the opportunity to have whoever. 
Well, that's that's the whole argument, really, isn't it? Because as soon as um, was it Coolmore that bought into him? I can't even remember. Yeah. But um, they just went. Well, I mean, when when they buy a majority stake like that for you know twenty five million, it's not fucking you know a, a million where it's you know, I mean, a million's a lot of money to us but a million's not a lot in the grand scheme of things for racing so when someone throws you the checkbook of 25 million before even winning a group one you're in for a good ride and <laughs> i guess in terms of how you should be heard as an owner i think 25 million speaks volumes so i think they have the right to definitely have a say in the matter and i know J Mac is Pretty much, like, I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer right now, but he will be a Hall of Famer, right? He will be pretty much guaranteed to be, at this rate of knots anyway, the most winningest Australian jockey, a group one jockey of all time. I know it's quite the statement, but at the same time, he's already hit, no, I think. I think I think it's pretty clear cut now. He's going to win so much more. How old is he? He's pretty young still. He's, I think he's 32, so... Yeah, thirty-two, and a lot of well, I mean, a lot of the, uh, the other hoops that we've spoken to reckon, you know, and the pundits reckon that jockeys have the prime of their life, late thirties into your kind of mid forties. So, the fact that if that to be true, and if J Mac can stay fit and healthy for let's say another fifteen years, so not even fifty years old, he's going to be winning and breaking all sorts of records. And to have someone like that on your horse in the richest two-year-old race in the world, I get it. I get it, right? I totally get it. But it definitely sucks for Hippo, right? Like, I have to feel sorry for Hippo. He did nothing wrong in the lead-up runs. He travelled up north into Queensland to ride uh, him both times. And that Magic Millions run, perfect. Perfect. One easy Saluted for the punters and the the camp and the owners and everyone else involved. And to lose a mount like that, obviously, is huge. It There's no other way to put it. It's a huge loss. We don't know what the ceiling of this horse is because, I mean, from what we've heard, he's going to be better over further. So even if – well, let's say he wins the slipper, right? So he wins the slipper for the connections – and then he goes to 1,400, he wins that. And if he wins the mile uh, for the champagne, mm. you know, like, the sky's the limit. And you have to remember, like, this horse, I don't know how deep he's going to go into the three-year-old season at this stage, right? He's already been pre-nommed into all the markets for the Cox Plate. If, the, if this horse can run 2,000 metres, he's got to be a red-hot chance come end of October, start of November next year or this year at a, such a low weight in the Cox Plate. They, people were thinking this horse is a well-beater. And you know what? Like the 26 bucks at offer right now for Storm Boy in the Cox Plate isn't, isn't the worst bet I've heard. You know what? Like if it doesn't nominate, it doesn't nominate. But if it, if it nominates, I suspect that this horse will immediately drop to, I don't know, 10s or 11s, I suspect. We saw militarized do the same thing last year. I don't know what the ceiling of Storm Boy is yet because obviously militarized has gone on to win two group ones where he's at for Storm Boy right now. So he won the champagne and then won the size over further. If Storm Boy can win the triple crown or duplicate what militarized is doing, from all accounts, it sounds like this horse is going to be 
one of those freaks is going to be a Piero, but way better. <laughs> like it's going to be a versatile animal that he'll be covering books after books after books at sales for years to come. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I, it gets me really excited talking about Stormboy, but uh, that's not the conversation. It just sucks for Hippo. Put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> it just sucks for Hippo. I feel sorry for him. He shouldn't have given been given the hard word, but you know what? Money talks, yeah. and unfortunately, this is a business deal, and he's gone down the wayside of it. Yeah, I think it look it sucks for him, but I think it's totally fair enough, and it probably is justified. They can sort of do whatever they want. But you just mentioned Piero, and Piero Plate is the first at Ramwick. We'll mention touch on the others at the end of the end of the preview for Ramwick. But Piero Plate, so this is interesting too. Switzerland is going around. Speaking of J Mac on the favourite here, dollar ninety two thirty into it. Shangri La Express, the Gay Waterhouse, and one of their many two year olds two thirty, and Rich is there at twelves, and we're dead set out the gates for the rest of them. So. This is going to be a good little battle between these two because Switzerland was really good. I can't remember when it ran. It was maybe like two or three weeks ago at Randwick. Uh, crack and win. Shangri-La Express has had two runs, uh, both pretty good. So can you split either of these two? I'm happy to say it'll be a two-horse race. I'm genuinely happy. It, like I think it's an easy two-horse race in terms of will the winner come out of uh, Shangri-La Express or Switzerland? Uh, the only... A caveat I do have, not to do with the horse, but the, the field could actually diminish. So I think uh, I think three runners from this race, I could be wrong, are nominated for Canterbury. There's a two-year-old race on Friday. And I'm, I'm pretty certain that Excel Indeed and Extreme Diva are definitely nominated there. Enriched might have been, but I can't remember. So at least two of them are nominated there. And that means it's going to be a six-horse race or potentially be a six-horse race because um, the assignment at Canterbury is far easier than this. As for the, the top two in the market, it's quite hard to split. I know the J-Mac money's come, I think. I, I think that's what it is. I think it's J-Mac money on Switzerland that's definitely pushed this horse into $1.90. Open at two thirty, but now in $1.90. Whilst Shangri-La Express opened at two thirty and remains at two thirty. So if I were to split the two... We well, well, let's revisit the the two well the last half of both of them, and they both warrant a little bit of respect in terms of who they've beaten. And let's start with Shangri-La Express. Won uh, the Golden Gift way back in uh, November. Won well. Uh, it's going to be the front runner in this race from Barrier Four. It'll be the leader hands down. It's just got too much speed to burn. And the runner-up of that race in the Golden Gift was Ruda Royale who we saw run around in the millennium and flew home. I think it ran second or third. If I, it definitely filled the minors. So that's definitely proven form for me. I think that's strong form line. And for Switzerland, much the same, uh, last start, a couple of weeks back, it beat uh, a horse called Castagna. Castagna went on to win the two-year-old race last Saturday. So I think they both deserve a lot of respect I just want that little bit more money. I just think that it's going to be a tactical affair, obviously, with this small diminished field that I think is going to happen. So I'm just going to take all the luck out of the equation. And I'm just kind of leading towards Shangri-La Express at the better price point. Has had that freshen up since the Golden Gift into, I don't know, since November into February now. It's had two uh, nice little lead-up trials. Looks ready to peak again, uh, leading into the Golden Slipper, its grand final. So... And a uh, little fun fact, uh, Waterhouse Bot have had, I think, 30 
wouldn't say 36 runners, 36 two-year-old runners this season. Out of the 36, there's been 17 winners now. And that is quite remarkable for any stable at such a young, you know, like two-year-old racing. It's quite remarkable. I don't know if it's the best ever, but it must be, you know, one of the best ever. 17 winners out of 36. It's pretty darn impressive. So I'm leading towards the camp to just continue winning ways with Shangri-La Express. Lead him from the front and Regan Bayless just goes ta-ta at the top of the turn and just salutes. So take the 230. That's that's what I think. Interesting. I a two-horse race, and I was I was leaning the other way, but I could easily be turned. It's probably not a betting race for me, but it's going to be interesting to see. I think they're both pretty much equal odds for the slipper. I think one's eight, one's nine, so it'll be interesting what happens there. Everyone's favourite race is the midway, 1,000 metres this time, benchmark 72, Rebel Dean. This is a whole race where uh, it's always just too hard to find winners, but 4.40, Tommy gets the ride for Robert and Luke, uh, pretty much bang on what it opened, a little bit of a drift for Delexo, Nash is riding for Miss Buchanan, that's out to fives, the coin is coming from Mad Darcy, this is a David Pfeiffer uh, runner, J4 aboard, had a win at Gosford, uh, anything else is not, nothing else is really overly getting backed, it looks like the coin is sort of pretty steady for Marshall Music, and but coin's coming for this Mad Darcy, I actually don't remember the Gosford run, was it any good, do you remember? It was pretty solid. I mean, it was well. Once again, it was. It is Gosford, but at the same, and it was a little benchmark race. I think it was sixty-four over thousand, and it's it's hard to match a benchmark sixty-four into a Saturday Great Midway, right? But its win was good. It was over two lands. You know, Gosford's a pretty tricky track to ride, depending on its day. And I, I'm pretty certain this day it was kind of like forward-ish. So the fact that it did it from midfield, warrant respect. Steps up to the disc in trip, and I think a lot of upside. Or not, doesn't step up in trip. Remains a thousand, but yeah, definitely merits a little bit of um, support, considering that it's going to be you know rock bottom weight with Jay Ford on board. So yeah, definitely one for the numbers. But I've kind of led towards more of an experienced campaigner in martial music. I think it leads them up. I don't think there's too much genuine pace in this. And I think martial music. I know it's drawn ten, but I think it will just spear across. Great first up record. Chad's only going to be carrying 54 and a half. He's been in, you know, or is, is, is definitely not one of mine, uh, <laughs> Anthony Cummings, unfortunately. But saying that, this horse loves to lead. So if he can get it underneath Secret Spy, which I suspect to be the other speed horse, I, th- I think it's definitely a winning chance. And I think 550 is quite a nice price point. So. I'd be looking at Marshall Music, but if Marshall Music gets trapped wide, burns the candle on both ends, I think Secret Spy at $14, the other leader with Sammy Kalippin on board, running second up, never run at Randwick, but I wouldn't mind a little small each way. So I'll be back in the two speed horses here, six and eight in Secret Spy and Marshall Music. All right, it's going to be a toughie. Midways are always one of the hardest. Uh, highway time never gets much easier. Uh, equal odds favourites. We have 5.50 apiece for FaZe Angels, which is also what I've backed this horse a couple of times. Uh, we got The Apprentice on there claiming three. It's $5.50 equal with Brock Cafe, Zach Lloyd getting the ride. So interesting. I just want to check. Yeah, there's not even deductions. Brock Cafe, apparently, according to the tab, 15 into 550. Don't know how many people got the 15, but uh, 440 out to 550 is Phase Angels. Magic Pharaohs there. Uh, Reet Petit, Tyler's back riding, which is good to see. Uh, 750 double figures for a couple of the others, but um, this is also very hard. Phase Angels is a horse that I've backed in the past. Remember, it didn't have a very good run last start, but uh, where'd you land? 
I don't mind Faze Angel, to be absolutely honest. I know it's the toppy here, but Maddie Owen rides for a mum, mum Karen uh, in town again and put a pen through its last start. Uh, this start gets barrier two, gets the three kilo claim again, be down to 56 kilos. The drift does slightly worry me, but it's – well, actually, no, it doesn't actually worry me per se. It is a midway, so it's a very volatile market, should I say. So – I can't imagine there being too much money in the the whole pool. <laughs> so any, you know, a couple of hundred bucks on other horses could definitely fluctuate this market quite significantly. I think Faze Angel from Barrier 2 definitely looks, you know, I, I think it ran at Rose Hill last start. It ran about, I can't remember, it was about two lengths. I think it was two lengths behind another one in this field who was Lensman. Lensman's an $8 chance in this field, and Faze Angel was the unlucky one last start. So the, I think the bookie's got it right this time in price points. I think 550 is pretty strong right now, so I can definitely put that in my numbers. The other horses I like, they've drawn really poorly, so I don't really want to touch on them, uh, like a Storm being one of them. And Magic Pharaoh probably warrants a little bit of respect, but it's a typical midway, and I just don't know what to do with this race. A lot of, you know, a lot of different races to measure up and how did they figure in the run and everything else. So I've just literally landed on the top weight here, Faze Angel. Good. Same boat. Are we sticking with Faze Angel? I like the apprentice too. She's good. Race four is that Kaya or a stud. Benchmark 88 win chat is a very short favourite in $2. Uh, obviously has had a couple of wins in its time. Uh, ran on the Kenzo last start. Decent win by about far out. Was it? Oh, here it is. 4.7 lengths. I remember it was a good one. Two dollars though in from three twenty. There was a six cent deduction, so it's still pretty good go. Three twenty out to three sixty for Tashi. Uh, Tommy Sherry gets a ride for the Snowdens. That was a good win. It beat either or last start. Pretty sure it was like the last race of the day. It was a good one. Meritable is there. Nash out to double figures. Cuban Royale Ruby Fly Danish Fortune. But this is another thing where do we jump in at two dollars? Uh, it was good. It had a good win on the Kenzo, but are we taking two dollars on a Saturday? I'd love to have jumped on with a 320 that he opened at. I think that would have been just an absolute steal. I was on it at the Kenzo last start and absolute brained them. Yeah, he just took off at the turn and just did it with ease. He said 4.7 lengths as a margin. I think it's ready for Saturday grade. David Pfeiffer has this horse really tip-top. Second up, its record reads duck eggs, but don't worry. I think this, this horse has definitely returned a lot stronger and a lot better and Jay Ford knows it inside and out. His, his record with the horse is really, really strong. Barrier four shouldn't be oh, it should be perfect, really. It looks the likely leader. The race maps very similar to its Randwick Kensington run where it won. Distance tick. The on top of the ground tick. I think two bucks. I think this is a lock and load. I do think it's one of the better, dare I say, better bets of the card at two dollars. But yeah, I. I I could shop around for other things, but I just think, hands down, it is the strongest horse in this race. Cuban Royale, 15 rounds. Danish Fortune, Meritable. Meritable's probably the one that obviously does have a little bit of, well, no pun intended, but a little bit of merit to back. Second, well, I mean, its second last start was really good, but I think Winchat just wins. It just wins, I think. So, uh Draw considered, jockey considered, second up form, disregard, take the two bucks, lock it up. Let's go. All right, two bucks. Going to win. Uh, win chat. 
Good old Jay Ford. Race number five is the Expressway. We've got the Group 2 here in Buenos Noches. This is actually a pretty cool race. So $2, you're getting Nash as a board. Uh, opened, what did it open? Two fifty into a dollar ninety out to twos. We got King of Sparta, J Mac aboard. Good win at the Gold Coast. Uh, when was that? Mid was the what day was the millions? So like thirteenth mid January. Crack and win two dollars and seventy. We got Golden Mile there at eight fifty. Cold Crusher at nine fifty. Straight Ace of Malkovich and West of Dolby. So with this one though, there's a fair bit of like pace in this race, like Malkovich and Cold Crusher. And what are we thinking? Like what's going to be happening in this race? I genuinely think the market's pretty much bang on here. So they've picked two horses who lead the market here. Right now are King of Sparta in Buenos Noches. There's a stack of speed in this. I suspect Golden Mile will hunt from Raul, uh, Barrier 1. Cole Crusher knows only one way. We've seen it. It did the, you know, its most recent win in the Hunter was exactly that. And Malkovich, yeah, another horse that only knows one way, doesn't know how to settle in the field, so it will be shooting forward. It could be three abreast coming into the home turn. I suspect there would be the tempo would be hot, and especially with the, how the track's been playing at Randwick of late. So I want to be on something that can just, you know, have a nice little cruisy run. And the two favourites are really hard to split for me. I think just the one run under its belt for King of Sparta just draws me a little bit. Yes, the track is a little bit – its record at Randwick isn't great. Its record at Gold Coast is unbelievable, but its record at um, Randwick isn't great. But I just I just like what he did. I loved what he did at the Gold Coast. It was Tab's lay of the day, and you know what? They just went, ta-ta, I, I'm winning this race again, and did it with ease. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just taking the the J-Mac, uh, J-Mac Mount, 270, King of Sparta. I think it's the bet. But Buenos Noches, I think he's going to have a huge preparation this autumn. So keep him safe at $2, but I suspect that the $2 might drift out a touch, probably closer to the opening quote at 250 and we might see King of Sparta come in a little bit and probably start uh, maybe favourite, maybe favourite, or it might be – you know, two fifty a piece thereabouts. So I'm just taking a little bit more of a price on two seventy with King of Sparta. Yeah, I think like you said, the the odds are pretty bang on these two uh, starts. But I do, I reckon they'll. But they'll. I don't know who will start favourite, but I reckon you're pretty pretty bang on. Maybe two fifty a piece or ten cents splitting them. Triskay is next. The Robrick Lodge. Triskay or Tommy uh, Olentia is there. Three dollars and ten cents. Tommy gets the ride for Mister Waller. Surprising little stat for that. It's had ten starts, five wins, and no placings, which is unusual. But uh, three dollar ten favorite. It's going to be uh, first up. Had a couple of trials. Samana is there. Jay Collett. Uh, what are we at? Had a win at the Gold Coast from memory. Three dollars eighty. Uh, Cess McGeek. Majik. Majik. Fucking hell. Good spelling. Uh, 390, Penthouse is there. I thought Penthouse was actually a pretty good uh, run at Caulfield last start. So interesting if it goes around. $10, uh, either or. rest of them are pretty big odds as well. But what do you think? Olentia, first up, thoughts? Oh, Olentia's got that perfect distance and first up record. So I can see why the money has come. It's $3.10. I wouldn't take – I wouldn't want to take much shorter. That's kind of how I see it. Um, It's probably the right favourite. Once again, it's probably the toughest uh, – well, it is definitely the toughest first-up field that it's faced to date. So it won't be easy for him – or for her, sorry, uh, should I say? It's a mare's race, isn't it? So I think 310 I could pass at the moment. I'm kind of leading towards Samana. I think just the two 
two lead-up runs where it's run second and first. Plenty of merit. It's definitely up to this grade. 57.5 kilos shouldn't be an issue. Barrier 5 leads. Ticks a lot of boxes for me. I think Say Magic, I think, is a little bit of an unknown. I haven't really seen any jump outs or anything of hers, so I can't really comment. It's I did see the Cranbourne trial, but it was kind of like 5801 over 990. It, it is sharp, but I don't know. I just never know how to read those kind of trial forms down there. Uh, so, yeah, leave me out of it. It's got a hard, you know, one win next to its name first up, so it could definitely figure. And Tim Clark, one of the best in the game, gets the steer, but... So mana definitely interests. I think the market is right having a lenture in as the winner, but I, I am going to go with the uh, the Jason Collett horse, Samana. All right, follow Samana. We go first leg of the quarter, and this is probably one of the best races of the day, I think. It's a group two Apollo Stakes. Fangirl is the short favourite in $2.20. Militarise at four sixty. We've got Buckaroo there at six fifty. Think it over, seven fifty. We have Lindemann, my old mate. Uh, Cascadian, Tractable, Navajo Peak, and Arapaho. Looking at the odds straight off the bat, I can find probably a bet for a Cascadian and think it over just at the odds. But then you look at Fangirl and think Superstar. But um, can you find odds here? Do you like anything outside the fave? Outside of the fave, Tunnels, I think you've nail on the head. I think think it over won this race two years ago. Been there, done that. Obviously loves Randwick. Loves Randwick. 21 starts, nine wins and six minors. Like, I mean, there's some ripping stats and most of them being at, you know, stakes great company or, you know, group one level, should I say. So his record is unbelievable. We saw him return really extremely well from a tendon injury uh, back in the spring and Kerry's got this tip top. And I think this is more of an autumn horse than a spring horse. That's how I see it anyway. I think it will get the favours by, you know, probably going forward. I mean, Attractable is a fast, you know, definitely the leader of the race. But I think if Think It Over can push forward, it'd probably sit one out, one back. I reckon that's probably where the connections want it. That's where it's won from in prior starts at Randwick. And the weight's never an issue. I know Matt and Nash is going to be carrying the 59 kilos here, but. Don't, don't let that deter you. I think it's definitely overs at 750. As for Fangirl, I do love this girl. Rightful favourite. I think she's going to have an absolute breakout campaign. I think she is going to be the one could cement herself as Waller's next Very Elegant. Uh, we've spoken in the past weeks that Very Elegant had her own name, race named after her. Yep, nice. So I think... Waller's next very elegant could be Fangirl, and we've seen her excel and win the King George last preparation and so forth. And I think the 220 is slightly under the price. So I'd probably want to, you know, I reckon you could wait because these are proper Group 1 horses, you have to remember. I think, actually, has every single one of these runners won a Group 1? Let me just have a think. Oh. Think it over, definitely. Cascadian, definitely. Arapaho, definitely. Has, Buckaroo probably hasn't. Attractable hasn't. hasn't. Navajo Peak one, and Lindemann might certainly has. Yeah, Fangirl has a militarized. So two, two of the, what's that? Two of the nine runners have won. Oh, sorry, have not won. Seven, yeah, seven of the nine have won a group one, which is quite remarkable, to be absolutely honest. Um, really hot race. As for the price, like I said with Fangirl, uh, it is it is on the sharp side, but I think that the way she's been trialling up, she's been a little bit sneaky. I think she she just looks the goods to me. I don't know. She, she seems like the 
the full package to me. So Wallow, McDonald, I mean, look, that's just a timeless combination. You don't really have to say too much about it. I think the price is unders, but I think she wins. As for the minors, I do think that Think It Over is definitely the unders. I think if you were to think outside of the box and have a bet, I think Think It Over at 210 to place. I don't want to, I know I don't like the place bets really that much, but I think the 210 to place is definitely a play for multis. And I want to see Militarize actually run first. Well, it definitely needs further. It, 1,400 metres is definitely on the sharp sh- side of things for me. So I think wait to back Militarize later in the preparation. But as for now, back Fangirl or think it over for the place. All right. Uh, or let's just box up a first four. If you would like Fangirl, Militarize, think it over in Cascadian to be your first four, it's $24 for 100%. And if Fangirl runs fourth, you're going to be cheering. But we'll probably win. But that's my guess. I think those four are all it's a fair. really good chance. So be a cracker. Cracking race. I like it. So Light Fingers is next. Race number eight, 1,200 metres. Group, num- group number. Group two. Tis Invincible is the fave. A little bit of a drift, though. J-Mac on board. Drawn a bit wide. It's going to be first up. I think, has he won on this horse? Yeah, he has. Zach Lloyd had the ride for the other times, but he has won. Uh, yep, so $4. We've got Learning to Fly out wide at four twenty. Also first up. Hasn't had a run for since March last year. But um, didn't finish pretty much. Uh, Arctic Glamour has been well supported. Eights into fives. Karen aboard. Mumbai Muse is there. Kamachi, Facile, uh, Cristilli, and the like. So the most supported runner is Arctic Glamour for Gerald Ryan Sterling. Going to be first up and gets carried in the seat. Who do you like? Hot race. Really hot race. I think uh, it's always an exciting race to see these... Um, their three-year-olds resume in the autumn. They've had that one preparation in spring, and then we all like to see how they've kind of returned to the track. Have they filled out? How how have they progressed? And a lot of these, you know, fillies definitely have, you know, put on a bit more size. They look like a different animal, and I, I reckon a lot of these horses you can easily follow for the remainder of the, you know, the autumn campaign. I would not be against it because they all pretty much – fought against each other during the spring and I think the sky's the limit to be absolutely honest but as for who I like I, at the moment it's the biggest bridesmate of three year olds going around but I like the top weight I like Kamochi for Gary Portelli um, I know the drift no I mean it's not really that much of a drift it was 8.50 this morning into $9 so it's not much uh, there's been support obviously elsewhere but I think just first up over the short you know 1200 metres it's one first up before. It's the only win that it's had in its career. So I think it's ready to peak. $9 great price. I think it's both it, – uh, sorry, not both. It's only trial behind learning to fly was a sharp piece of work and it gets the lower draw. I think the draw really worries me out of backing learning to fly despite, you know, obviously we all know that she could have been the greatest thing since sliced bread last preparation, but – it obviously got injured in the slipper, golden slipper last year and never competed again in 2023. So I want to see her return to racing. Um, but, you know, the trials have been nice, but racing conditions are different. So I want to see how she's returned in a racing format. Barrier 12 definitely is a negative. I think she probably will find it hard to settle in the run. So 420 right now. I don't like the price point. I'd rather take $9 with the inside draw of Komochi where it probably maps extremely well 
one out, one back, or one out, two back, thereabouts, I think it'll get it'll sit positive. And yeah, Jay Collett's flying, so I'd definitely be looking that way. Tis Invincible, obviously won a couple of group ones last preparation in the spring in the Princess Series. 1,200 metres, yes, it's won over that trip once, but I just think the Barry 11's once again going to be an issue. The one that I can respect a little bit is Mumbai Muse. Yes, it doesn't have a win next to its first up record, but I think this horse has returned really well. Don't worry about the drift. I think everything's just what's been the, the I think all the backing on Arctic Glamour has obviously shifted the uh, the price points out for a couple of these runners, but I think come race day, if it presents well in the yard, I definitely would want to have her in my like exotics. So Mumbai Muse is kind of my danger horse at the moment. Facile leads up, barrier two. Can go start to finish with Tim Clark on board and great price, but yeah, I've settled for horse number one, Kimochi. All right, decent odds. Kimochi getting nines and 270 pretty much. So we go to race number nine. It's just uh, benchmark 88 over the mile. Redstone Well is the fave for Annabelle and J Mac. Um, just checking deduction, no deduction. So decent go for it. So open sixes into $4.20 already. It's. Um, what is it, third up now? Estadio Mistala. This horse bloody surprised me uh, last week or the week before. I left it out of everything, didn't even have it in my top four, and it um, owned me. I think it just beat Robusto from memory with Jay Collard aboard, and he sticks. So that's $4.40. 11s into sixes for Louisville. Clippo riding for Walla. Had a start, had a win two starts ago at Rose Hill. Uh, that was pretty decent. Logan Street Lion, I have backed 400 times and just is so due a win, it's not funny. Nash is aboard this time for Walla, and we're double figures for Mir- Miracle Spin, Bill, Lavoie, etc. So this is actually really tough. I still haven't landed on one specifically, but where'd you land, mate? Tricky, tricky race. I mean, this this uh, third leg of the quaddy, I reckon you could easily stick six, six horses in comfortably because I think pretty much competed against each other for the preparation, this and the other. I'm going to stick true and keep following Logan Street Line from last start. I think the money came for it last start uh, two weeks ago, I think it was. Uh, this week, seven fifty. So it's about the same price point, but it's going to have that belt uh, run under its belt. It has that barrier five, so Nash on board, map positive. So I can definitely keep following seven fifty for Logan Street Line. Stadium Mastala, like you said, I mean – that stable change did wonders to it, and winning form's good form, so I can easily keep going with it. And this Redstone Well is interesting. I don't know how to word it. I think it's two lead-up runs, both in this grade. Most recent, came second in a small field over the mile. Beat, uh, got beaten by Glory Days by 2.3, where it was a bit of a leaderish day, so there is excuses, but... I don't think that rates rates extremely highly, so I want to be betting around it, to be honest, and I feel the same with Louisville. I think, no, I just don't know how to deal with that horse. Never won on it, so I've gone with my trusty old mate, Logan Street Lion. Fingers crossed, man. It actually owes me one. Go the last uh, favourite is Thunderlips coming out of the inside draw. Dylan gets the ride, and Bjorn has a good strike rate of winning the last. Oh, Bjorn. Uh, Deductions-wise, is pretty big because Wincat was uh, nominated here as well, so that's 22 cents. So you're getting Time Quest, you're getting 460. Karen from Matt Smith. Grastacilia is fives. We're getting Starman. Ran pretty well, I think, last start. Ran a good place. Ran a good third. Sevens. Kokoro is 9.50, and we're getting uh, 20 and above for the rest. But that was a big deduction coming out. But what do you reckon? Are you with Bjorn? He seems to win a lot of the last races. 
Oh, I was about to say the same thing. I think Bjorn in the last, and they're firmly back towards. Yes, there is that twenty percent, uh, twenty cent deduction or thereabouts, but I think it maps extremely well for this horse. I think Barrier One. It shoots forward. It's extremely lightly raced. This horse. I feel that it's been around for ages, but it's only had the seven starts, and its win last start over twelve hundred in the seventy-two midweek was good. It won by two from an outside barrier where where I thought it wouldn't be map positive, but it ended up crossing and just did it easily. So I think that midweek form could definitely carry through. Um, as for the rest, it's once again, it's after Thunderlips, it's pretty tricky to navigate because, I mean, Gracilis style is definitely like a bit more of a bridesmaid runner for me. I don't think it's saluted for me ever. Kokoro, much the same. I think second up looks beneficial. 950, good price. Pretty bad barrier, excuse me. And I think the one that could be slightly overs and has the, uh, I guess, runs under the board in terms of fitness is Byron, uh, who's drawn six, 26 bucks at the moment. Forget its last start, but it has ridden in uh, Saturday Company before. It gets that two kilo claim from Jet Stanley and it will be carrying 52, absolute minimum. And I suspect it'd be the only horse that'll probably be shooting forward other than Thunderlips. So it'll be, it'll take luck out of the equation. And tw- for 26 bucks, it's not a horrible bet, but I do like the favourite. Barrier one, Dylan Gibbons, Bjorn Baker in the last. Yeah, let's go the favourite. Yeah, I think we just end up just following Bjorn until it stops winning, right? I think he won four or five of his last race meetings or something last weekend, he was saying. So uh, good horse as well. That's 10 races from Ramwick. I was just going to mention a couple at Flemington. I know we probably haven't gone into a huge detail of them, but I'm just going to bring out a couple. I want to mention Jimmy Starr, which goes around in the listed race in race nine. It's $1.50 now. And there was yarns that I was reading today that it's like people are expecting it to become a Winx-like and not because, well, maybe because it might just keep winning, but the odds it's going around now I think they opened a dollar eighty-five, which just got snapped up. I guess so. It's a dollar fifty now, two days out. Uh, obviously, it's had the wins at Caulfield, Cranbourne, Bendigo's hasn't stopped uh, winning. I think it's what is it five from six now. Willow Sticks. It's a fourteen hundred meter race. Barrier ten. A dollar fifty is very short. You got to look at who it's who it's up against. Kabling, Crosshaven, Karini, Windstorm, and stuff. But what are your thoughts on? The, do you know much about this horse? I assume if you probably only watched like the last couple. But what are your thoughts? Well, it's got the wild card nomination into the all-star mile, doesn't it? So people are obviously giving it proper wraps. I definitely need to see the ratings of this, the, the the fields that it's competed in. And I'm just kind of looking at the previous results and nothing really springs to mind, to be absolutely honest with you. So it's definitely a progressive horse. There's no d- doubt denying that because it's come from, you know, a three-year-old plus Hastings race in a benchmark 65 all the way through a benchmark 70, a class three, and then finally the most recent run at Corfu was in 84, where it won by two, over two lengths. Dollar fifty? do I want to take that? No, no, thank you. But it, it appears that it's, I mean, I'm going through the field right now, and this is definitely a question without notice from you. <laughs> Good. Uh, but, well, I look at, but I look at the like, field, I'm like, who can beat him? Yeah, exactly, right? And then you go... Uh, quite a few of these horses have definitely been in stakes grade and it, it has run in stakes grade, but it's never really saluted or done anything about it. So I don't know how to read into it, but a dollar fifty seems unders, but 
who's going to beat it? Well, the only other horse in single digits is Kabling, who comes out of a similar grade to Jimmy Starr, and uh, that's the only other single-digit horse, sorry. Mm. It's the only other. So yeah. if Kabling's 8.50 and it's only drifted 50 cents, half a point out from its original quote, this race must be just way too weak for it, right? Yeah. Like, it obviously maps well. It's going to be carrying 54 with Willow on board, a senior jock. It's got the runs on the board, obviously, with six starts, five wins, and a minor. So without knowing too much of it and what it's raced against, a dollar fifty seems unders, but what's it going to beat? I don't think it's going to beat anyone else, right? No, I think it's probably going to win. But I mean, do you want to take a dollar fifty? Do you want to have a crack at anything else? I probably would have Crosshaven probably sitting in second, but I'm no Melbourne form uh, professional anymore. But Jimmy Starr is the the talk of the town, so could be a huge. It is eight dollars for the All Star Mile, which is what Mr. Brightside's three is prior to Jenny six. Who knows if it comes out and absolutely brains him? It could be interesting how that race goes. Uh, what was the other one? C.S. Hayes. I don't know how much you know about this. I'm just going to mention King Colorado. Zara is aboard. Um, it's going to be second up. Had that decent decent run at Caulfield. Uh, Brave Mead was enormous in that run. I think he was paying like $11 or something decent. Um, but yeah, that's going to be second up. Zara has been riding pretty well as well. Three bucks. Otago's there. Riff Rocket uh, had a really good um, spring last year. But I um, don't know if you've got anything to add to that, but King Colorado is probably a good one. I think King of Colorado is probably under the price, to be absolutely honest with you. There is no speed in this race. Like, I mean, from the horses that I know about, like, so Riff Rocket's not going to be going too hard and it's got to be too sharp for it. 1,400 is not its pet distance. I was on it for the Derby and it'll be looking for 2,000 plus this horse. So first, uh, first up, 1,400, this is a warm-up run. So I, I can't imagine it doing anything too much anyway. So... Seven bucks is probably unders for it too. King Colorado last start was huge. I remember watching it, um, but it was it's it was in a tactical six horse field, so don't know how much you can actually read into it. Um, this start, yet yeah, it draws Barrier Nine. It'll settle back in a slow tempo race, so I don't know if I want to be with it at three dollars. I think I'd want more, more on that. So like I'd probably want four bucks, you know, to be anywhere of backing it. So outside of that. Oh, look through the field. I know a couple of names, but nothing really springs to mind. I'll have to speak to Chris about Hey Fat Cat because that's backing up on the quick backup from last Saturday. He tipped it. It came fourth in a group two, but at the same time, was beaten by close to four lengths. So 10 bucks seems generous, but I don't know. Like I just think that King Colorado, from how I see it mapping, could definitely be unders. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably want a little bit more more of a price as well. Uh, the other one is uh, Molly Nickers. I think that's pretty good. Uh, it's up against Infatuation, Donegal and stuff as well. But $3.50, I think it's decent. And race number five, where Wishlaw Lass, or Wishlaw Lass, sorry, Damien Lane is aboard. It's a bit of a drift. It's uh, This is a horse that's had six wins, nine, nine starts, six wins, no places. It's going to be first up. It had a pretty good... Uh, time going last spring. But I thought Revolutionary missed. I thought Mickey D for the Snowdens might be a decent bet. It's already been eights into fives, which is a bit annoying. Um, yeah, that's the only other one I sort of want to mention. Have you got any others you want to touch on before we wrap up? Um, let me just quickly go to Canterbury. Can- yeah, Canterbury tomorrow. Sorry, I just clicked Mooney Valley accidentally. I think the... Mooney Valley on a Friday night's the pits. 
Oh, mate, it's it's tough going. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you, you're, 15, you're 15 schooners deep, and then you decide to have a punt and you do your ass. So I don't bother touching Mooney Valley on Fridays unless it's the carnival. But I thought uh, Gaylord ran pretty well last week. One of yours is he? One of mine came from the back. Um, I was actually pretty surprised. I had a few messages. Uh, one was from a friend of ours saying, are you back in Gaylord tonight, named after you? But um, it was actually surprisingly <laughs> a good run. I don't know anything about the horse, but I made sure that I watched it and came second. I thought it was ran pretty well. But And it's actually been backed, looking at the odds here, 460 into 310. It's actually going around as favourite. Uh, Typical. Uh, I think crazy. the one bet is Little Bayer in race number three. Race three, number nine, Little Bayer. I think that's a bit of a bet. Uh, I do also. I think think Wild Botanica in the following race is a bet. I know it's a two dollar favourite, but I think it's. Yep. The way it finished last. Is there deductions in this? 10 cents deduction. Still, good go. And uh, the one that I want to keep an eye on, I guess, is the, the very following race. I want to keep an eye on Hanau. I want to keep an eye on Gallant Star. And I want to keep a – it's actually a quite nice race. And I want to keep an eye on Demetas. So watch the market moves and in the yard and everything else. I just definitely want to see how they go. But I think the those two are definitely bets. I think um, – what did I say? Uh, little 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 Bayer and Wild Botanicus are bests, uh, bets. And something small on uh, Ita in race seven. Hanau is bad memories for me. I had that going for a decent, decent multi. Oh, yeah, you did have a multi, oh, yeah. My God. Got off with a huge cash out, knocked it back, and it lost by 0.1 lengths. It, it, it was a nose. It was a freckle. Oh, my God, that hurts so bad, too. And it got backed off the map as well. Yeah, it was, was like... Yeah, I took like the I took the price in the morning. I think it was like four bucks. It jumped at like 250 or something. It got spanked. <sighs> That's good memories. Zach's aboard again. He'll probably win this time, but you can go around without my money. He's been back to fives into 390 when the favourite's being drifting 310 out to 390. So good luck, Zach Lloyd, on Hanau in race at number five. All right, mate. When, <laughs> yeah. When's Tommy back? I know he's in LA now, then he's heading to Hawaii and then home, I think. I don't know how well, much he's, at, he's it, got. Well, he's in Anaheim, the happiest place in the world. He's at Disneyland or Disney World or one of the Disneys. And he got into the Super Bowl. He got into the Super Bowl. Fucking what a legend. Uh, he's quoted that he spent a small loan. Yeah, he um, went a small loan for a ticket. Good stuff. Oh, man. And, well, yeah, I think he's oh, – it appears that he'll be there for in Disneyland for a couple of days and then he'll go to LA from there, spend a couple more days there, and then I think he's in Hawaii for four or five days, I think, if I recall. But – is, is there – well, I know that he's officially back from holidays like March 12 for work purposes, so he's still got about a month of fucking leave. Half his luck. Half, Half his luck. luck. All right. Well, I'll leave you to it, mate. It is 10 p.m. on a Thursday. We'll wrap this up and um, hopefully get some winners. If you want to add anything you got for Canterbury in the Facebook tomorrow, I probably won't because I won't have a look, but I'll put my stuff up Saturday morning. Hopefully we get some winners. It's an exciting time of year. Yeah, I mean, everything's happening, and it's happening quickly as and well. And footy's so. back. Dogs got the up footy's tonight. Back. Bulldogs got up. Yeah, it's crazy, up. isn't it? Good to see Paps back. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's all happening so fast, and it's just that it's an exciting time of the uh, the year, really. Like, I mean, Super Bowl's just finished, and now we're talking about NRL season, Autumn Carnival. But get, about, uh, get around today. Yeah, it's pumped. All right, I'll leave you to it, mate. Talk soon. See you, Thomas.